killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside No, double days are just days now <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's the, normal, that's the normal <laughs> recording day Yeah One doesn't like seem it. like enough it seems very seems like, low why would and petty. I come over here just to watch one. Movie? I feel like now, yeah, if you're because we're not. We used to do like, okay, you come over at eleven, twelve. Uh-huh. Now you come over at nine. It's so early. Yeah, early in the morning, and I show up early. Oh my god, you have been <laughs> punctual lately, which is unbelievable. It took twenty something episodes, but you're taking the shit seriously now. Finally, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm showing up on time. Just means I. Uh, Get out of here on time so I can go home and play your some, games. Yeah, play my video games. I like that too. I like having the evening after to be buzzed and either yeah. edit this episode or get other shit done. Yeah, because it's like, because now it's literally like a nine to five job on Tuesdays. Literally, it's our eight hour job for the day. Yeah, and um, these are we, these are glory days. They're great, <laughs> and we drink the whole day. Mm-hmm. And then we go home. Yeah, just like you said, pre-buzzed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to have five, so I'm going to go home feeling great. I don't think we're always going to be able to do this structure. I mean, because of our current jobs, it works. We're able to do this on a weekday while most people are at an office. I'm prepared to sacrifice anything <laughs> in my my future to make this work. If there comes a time where we do have to work um, nine to five, Monday to Friday, then it would be we'd have to switch to some kind of evening format yeah. of some sort, you know, and be... we'll take that as it comes. In the meantime, we can do double days every Tuesday. Yeah, in the meantime, on Tuesdays, we can just come over here and drink all day and watch horror movies. Pump out those bonus episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a, a friend tell me, um, you, you shouldn't do so many bonus apps, like, just in case you don't have one recorded for a Saturday. You don't want to, like, you know, you don't want to be caught in a situation where you don't have an episode. I'm like, oh, that's, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can shut your we mouth on that one. adequately prepared, and we would yeah. sooner die, quit our jobs, end our relationships before yeah. not getting an episode out Saturday at 9 a.m. Yeah, no, what was the closest... I love you, Christy. What? <laughs> what was the closest we ever, like, ran to, like, not having one? Just the week of. It was, like, of. Tuesday we were recording, and it came out four days later. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's even, it. Even that is, like... There's a lot of runway there. There is. And I think I attribute it largely to the fact that even at the start, for anyone who's thinking about starting a podcast, I think it's good to start with the bank, like have yeah. five or six episodes before you even start releasing them. A million percent. You got to start with mm-hmm. just banking. Yep. 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 Bank them up. It is. It's early. That's why we're a little low energy for the intro. I'm not. I'm uh, I'm, I'm super high energy. I could talk about anything. I could talk all day and night. In fact, I'm ready to go. I got something to say. Great. Um, um Is it okay? Yeah, let's hear it. What do you want to say? Uh, I watched. I went to the theater. I watched the movie Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life, yeah. life, life. Yeah. Yeah. We texted a little bit about this. Yeah, I didn't. And I've uh, since I think I mentioned I mentioned to you how I, I like loaded up like 30 Snapchats from playing the game Dead Space, but I didn't send them because I didn't want to like, you know, blow my load on uh, you eventually seeing how great <laughs> the game snap is. Load. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you have them saved? You should send me one just to give me a little taste of what the game. You, you saw the Instagram. OK, I'll, I'll send. There was yeah. I appreciate your restraint. I think yeah. it'll make it more exciting when I'm playing. It's important because, again, you just see these things for the first time. You're like, fuck. So yeah. all those are what I wanted to send you. So then same goes for um, I saw life and I told you this is pretty good. You should maybe check it out. And uh, and then I'm like, oh, man, you know what is a cool scene? And I just wanted to like talk about it. Just text you. Don't, like, this don't is ever. cool. This is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I've just been thinking about it. It is a really good movie. Cool. I mean, yeah. honestly, I love those actors. Well, actor. I mean, I really like Jake Gyllenhaal. Ryan Reynolds is pretty good. Who else is in it? I feel like. That's a good question. Okay. <laughs> but um, 
like I said to you before, any space movie I'm going to watch. You really any new, yeah. even like no matter how big it is, I'm going to check it out. I'm always curious to see what they're going to do with it. And this premise especially looked very interesting. Oh yeah. Um, but I maybe for some reason I didn't rush out to see it. Like it didn't it didn't appeal to me enough that I'd want to go to the theater to see it. I was just I'm like oh wait. Same with Passengers when that came out. Maybe it's a mixture of the reviews or some comments friends who saw it said. But um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for a high quality version to come out, so I can just watch it here. Yeah, I I can't recommend it enough at, at at this point in time. I won't say much about it, but like it's what I think you like about it. Without talking any of the content, it's like the every screw in the space station, you know, is important. Like the the very very small physical um, little nooks and crannies are super right. super important in That's this cool. movie. Uh, oh god it's just so good the acting is great i think kind of why like maybe some of the interest was a little muted on this one was because like they didn't really really show in the trailers um what it is like what the movie's really like and really about Mm -hmm. Uh, just the classic trailer problem is like sometimes they you know just show a mismanaged like how action-packed it is versus like what you're actually going to be seeing yeah you know this joke is way better than what you're actually going to be seeing throughout the movie like we said before our trailers are designed to try to get people to yeah get in those seats yeah like the don't breathe trailer like you know can't right right right. saw just so much of what was going to happen and i don't think that's the case in in life life. i think i think why i didn't rush out to see life is because i hated passengers so much (laughs) passengers was like the last big space studio movie i saw and it just it would turn me off so much from big studio space movies so maybe because of that i just did not want to rush out to see this one as well i didn't want to i wasn't really interested in passengers passengers i kind of just ever so slightly i thought like you know chris pratt and jennifer lawrence they're so hot right now Mm -hmm. how could that be how could how, the movie could be possibly good be sci-fi good? Right. when they're, I don't, I don't know. The biggest that's, A-listers in there. I feel like that's a little judgmental or like a no, little that's cynical. Fair. But... That's fair. But life is just a notch below that, perhaps, in terms of celebrity star power. Yeah, you got to see it. You got to see what they do with that. Um, Let me talk for a quick second about a movie I watched this past week, because you took that opportunity, so I'll do the same thing. Do it. Let's hear about it. Um, It's this... So, just seeing Raw made me want to go back and watch some other French ones that I haven't seen, because there's this whole... It's called like this French extremity wave in the early 2000s, uh, 2010s. Then there's a bunch of horror movies, like a good dozen of them that are all kind of lumped together. Um, and I know that when, when Raw's coming out, it's kind of seen as a return or a continuation of these kinds of films. I think the most famous one was called High Tension. Did you ever see that one? Um, it had a different name as well. And on the cover, it's like a girl with like a um, circular saw. It, it looked like a kind of cheap B-level movie, but it actually was it was pretty enjoyable. Okay, I'm gonna say no, but it sounds weirdly familiar. Yeah, it, I think it has another okay. title as well. So yeah, it, so maybe. But yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much because or talk too much about it because maybe we could watch that one. Yeah, yeah. Let's but I was it, I was so. just curious and okay, what are other big titles um, from that era? So I watched one called Them or Ills from like 2006. Ah, that's come up like several times when I've searched for movies. Yeah, it was the most Both recognizable. Titles, yeah. It was the most recognizable one from that list that um, I hadn't seen. So I went to that one right away. And I also had read that that one potentially inspired The Strangers a little bit. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of just a couple. There's this amazing opening shot that I don't want to really talk about, but it's like a couple in a house and people are trying to get in. And it's this whole okay. kind of dread and it sends over the whole movie. And this one's, I think The Strangers also says based on a true story at the top, right? They try to play that, but yeah. It, okay. Yeah. 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 
Um, and this one, this one is based on a more specific true story. It's like something that happened, in, and I don't want to say what it was. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you shouldn't look up what it was because I'm not going to look a little up. bit of a spoiler of the twist. But it's it's amazing. It's a great like home invasion movie. It's very exciting. It kind of gets going right away. Doesn't let up. It's very short. It's only like an hour and fifteen minutes, but it's thoroughly entertaining. And I think uh, you would really, really like it. That sounds perfect. And that's not something we should do here. Or you think I should just watch it on my own? And um, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll think about it. Okay. We'll think about it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. what's with the like there's uh, you want to bring me down my strangers love down <laughs> i do because i didn't li- i didn't like strangers so that's that's what it was Why? um i just found it was uh very boring and derivative when i when okay. i first watched it i saw it i saw it in theaters when it came out and it didn't do a lot for me um okay yeah especially after i mean funny games came out the year before yeah, i was gonna vacancy say, came out the year about... before like it just felt like there were a lot in line so i'm I'm curious to expand. I want you to see more home invasion movies, basically. I should, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I'm well, not trying to take you down like your appreciation of this movie, but I want you to see other home invasion movies that I personally like more. Yeah, that's it, it's interesting because um, what I'm taking from that is like, yeah, you're talking about funny games and now you're talking about this French one that's got like this twist. Like, or your the ending seems like it's got more to it than like Strangers, which is just this high pressure. There isn't anything to it. It's there is no hope there's no winning there's just dread and it like yeah. it's like circling a drain and that's what i love about it i, th- I and i think that's in this i okay. like i don't want to ruin this movie, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. No, no you don't but yeah like, it is, i think it does a lot of similar things cool all yeah, right yeah, yeah. well i am totally totally willing to like yeah i'd be curious to get your take set and see sail how, for like better home yeah. invasion movies uh, and no there are there are some moments i think strangers work so so well like i i really mm-hmm. love like kind of the first reveal of them in the house like that's yeah. super exciting. Y- you feel like there might be some sort of hope, and when you see, oh no, they were like three feet from the get go, blow. Yeah, they had no chance from the get go. Yeah, uh, that dread being justified. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was really satisfying. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that that is not unique to strangers. I feel like that happens in a lot of different kinds of horror movies. Yeah, but... and I, th- I what I like that it's so it, that's it. Like it's almost like it, the yeah. skeleton of a and it's probably movie. it's probably one of the first ones you've seen. So I think it, it kind of set the bar for you of like, oh, this is what these kind of movies sure. do. Sure, sure, yeah, could be. But yeah, we'll see. So yeah, them the I, French movie. Check yeah, it out. I think no, I, I think you'll really like it. It's really like aesthetically really dark. Um, cool really enjoyable some great performances and just bizarre because it's like this just giant giant country home that they're in just yeah. by themselves uh, like if someone walked in here and like you like paranormal activity you should watch no those. you got you don't know anything about fountain footage blair witch paranormal they suck here's a good one you know and just i wouldn't instinctively i like the hairs on the back of my neck would stand up would be like shut up you don't know what you're talking about i love paranormal i love you know mm-hmm. but then the concept that i'm telling you this is way better no, this is this is very that's true. That's good shit. No, this is very true because it can sometimes hold true for the person who watched a different movie first, and sometimes it's not going to change. For example, the first slasher movie, and I'm sure we'll talk about this with our next episode, but one of the first slasher movie the first slasher movie I ever saw was Scream. And for me yeah. it's kind of even though it is like a meta commentary on slashers, to me I still like it more than Friday the thirteenth, maybe even more than Halloween. They're very different films, but they for are. someone who grew up loving Halloween and Friday the 13th, they might see... Well, Scream might be a bad example because it's such an interesting direction to take it in. That Yeah, that's such a very specific... Like, it Paranormal is. Activity is my example. is such a very specific found footage movie. It's yeah, yeah, like yeah. So if them. someone saw Paranormal Activity and liked that more and then yeah. didn't like Blair Witch as much, like, do you like Paranormal more than Blair Witch? Yes. So that this is the perfect yeah, example. Yeah, that's exactly right. Where yeah, Blair yeah. Witch, like, I... If someone saw Paranormal, I would put point them in the direction of Blair Witch. 
but yeah that's you, right if you and, hadn't seen it first then yeah, yeah and then Blair Witch like that could be really hard to watch for some people if mm-hmm. paranormal is their baseline because it's so watchably smooth and s- static shots yeah whereas Blair Witch is like like you know hard to watch very shaky yeah very Very shaky shaky. but yeah because something like strangers really kind of pierced and broke that uh home invasion dread for you was your first kind of impression of it other home invasion ones aren't going to have that same effect on you as a viewer because this one really punched you first same with paranormal this is your first um found footage ghosty movie that hit you so other ones aren't going to be as swift of a blow although maybe they can well i saw blair witch first though Oh, you did see Blair Witch first. I saw it first, oh. but I like Paranormal more. Okay, yeah, th- that's interesting. Or not that I like it more, but like it hit me yeah. in the way like this is... I sort of didn't connect the two movies because like Paranormal Activity doesn't feel the same, like exactly like what we were talking about with like the camera movement. Like, yeah. They are technically it. in the same genre, but like there's like a very definitive mm-hmm. like color and like camera right. aesthetic that is different between the two movies. So, so we, yeah, I guess we'll keep trying to pin these things down, but it's very but hard to give a full explanation for why. Sure, but it's certain movies going to be more favorable to you than another one. Yeah, but it's it, we're in a great position here um, to like be watching a lot of horror movies and to be pushing those boundaries. Like, whereas like this is what I think of a home invasion movie because, yeah, like my. The ones that I've watched are somewhat limited, but mm-hmm. then you roll in your next hush, you know, like uh, t- the purge, the first one a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I- I'm starting to like develop like what I do really love about them. The more you, so, the more you see, yeah. yeah, the more you're able to articulate what works and what doesn't yeah. work for you specifically. Yeah, and like I think your next is way better than than Strangers as a movie. Oh hell yeah! But like I, I'm so glad you feel that way. Your next is in- insanely good. I know. It's I really, insanely, I really wish. But we it's did not for an episode. As, it's not as scary. It's not nearly as scary. Yeah, it's it's a slightly different kind of. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you're kind of like oh fuck when because someone dies. You're not just in that um stew of there's a home invasion happening and there's you know this cat and mouse thing going on. It's a level is added on top of that where yeah. oh this whole thing was kind of orchestrated by the people that are there and that's yeah. playing into the effect and it's not going the way that was planned. So it it complicates it a little more, you know. Yeah, it's definitely right. in the same genre, but it still has it has kind of that meta level that Scream yeah. would have with the slashers. Um and today we're going to watch a movie called Monsters mm-hmm. from 2010. Yeah, that's uh which I've never even really heard of much about. Um you've seen it, you like it a lot. Mhm. I uh thinking about it like i think this one's gonna work really well for us more so than i did when i originally suggested it and the reason i suggested it is because it um i saw it on netflix and that's how a lot of these things that's how silent hill got on this podcast is i just oh it's on netflix and i remember that Hmm. um monsters i only saw it once and i probably in it's been a few years so my memory is like loose and there's a sequel which i've also seen i was Um, gonna ask about that is that any good? It's not the same it's, director. Same same deal with like a lot of these types of movies with their sequels is a sequel isn't as good, but you kind of want a little more in this world. Right. And that's what this movie does really well. Also, it's um it's it's good with um the characters and the relationship development and stuff. Like that's it's it, it, one of those kind of like maybe before I wake where it's another one of those thrillers that has this um, very emotional component. Mm-hmm. it's it's a good movie it's a very very good yeah movie, so i mean I it's got it's got a lot of the things that make me excited the idea that it's found footage is super low budget they shot it under three weeks or something for under 500k um apparently this guy made like a short monster movie in college that he wanted to kind of expand a little bit mm-hmm. into this he saw blair witch and he thought oh man it would be so cool to make a monster movie in the style of found footage yeah then cloverfield came out and he's like well fuck 
<laughs> I can't do that. And apparently that caused him to pivot to the, instead think about the question, okay, well, what happens at the end of a monster movie? Like years later when they're kind of, you oh know, man, it's here to say it's so great the way that you're painting it right now, like that that that's your perception of the movie as we go into it. That, yeah, that's, that's I'm excited. I'm I'm that's good. That's very those that kind of setup um, gets me excited to watch and see what what he does with that. Yeah. I mean, I never saw his Godzilla movie. I almost went and checked it out, but it Which, still wasn't enough. Was that the, the 2014 one? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's him as well. That was his. So he was does, that the one with Brian Cranston? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he does. He does monsters. It's very successful, and then studios pick him up to do bigger movies. So he does. Yeah. The Godzilla okay. movie that and, explains to me why I didn't like the Godzilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does Rogue One after that. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Monsters, Godzilla, Rogue One. So Rogue One is my only, um, the only thing I've seen by this guy, and that's not a great impression. Yeah. Um. And so you haven't seen the Godzilla? No, I never bothered seeing Godzilla, and I, I really didn't like Rogue One. So, oh, you didn't like Rogue One? No. Oh, I thought that was like a complimentary, like, and he did Rogue One. No, it no. was more of like he, how successful he has been as a director. He's been able to, mm-hmm. because of monsters, he was able, he was to, able get to get, to get huge Rogue Hollywood One. things. Yeah. Rogue One status. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, the um, Godzilla movie, I think it was like the most boring you could make a Godzilla movie. That's what I heard. I mean, yeah. I was I was somewhat excited about it when it was coming out because I really liked the 90s one as a kid um, uh, with Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, I was telling you about that one with the, in the studio. Yeah, with you the said eggs. that freaked you out. Yeah, yeah was, That terrified me as a kid. Yeah, that makes sense because there's a lot of parallels with that and aliens, especially yeah. those eggy scenes. And for some reason, both of those really freaked you out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but even just as the hype kind of built for that Godzilla sequel, I was excited. Then the reviews were kind of lukewarm, and people told me it was just like you said, very boring. So it was boring. I, you're I just wasn't watching, incentivized. Yeah, you're just watching soldiers walk around yeah. for most of the movie, and it right. sucks. <laughs> but like that, the, the same thing that I think made Godzilla fail, are, like works in monsters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gonna be really good. Cool. Let's say uh, we watch this movie, huh? Oh right. Yeah. Let's watch monsters and maybe have a drink. <laughs> what do you think? Sounds good. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cause tonight is the night when two aliens become one. <laughs> that has really held held on, hasn't it? I need some love like I never needed love before. What has? Um, that's on. That's two just... become one by Spice Girls. Yep. It's not my favorite Spice Girls song. No, but it's holding on to you right now, to your it, heart. Honestly, like when those two giant aliens were coming close together, yeah. all that was in my head was that Spice Girls when two become one. <laughs> that's so crazy that that was a song, but it's perfect. Now that's all I can see, and you've ruined the movie for me. Oh, thank you. I love it. I think it completes it. I think we should rescore it. Oh, that's really funny. I like that a lot. I thought it was going to be an airstrike right when they were talking on the phone to their loved ones. I thought infected zone, they're toast. The infected zone has moved northward. They have to be destroyed. I thought that was going to be the end of the movie. You, you thought that's how it was going to go down? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this movie doesn't really show its cards for what it is, but it's really just kind of a an emotional romp. Two people yeah. getting closer and closer as they go through this very long, arduous journey. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that aspect of it, but of course, it's perfect. It's a low-budget one. Mm-hmm. You're going to have like a micro story yeah. in the context of like this huge, crazy-ass yeah. hap- world scale happening, you know? Yeah, I loved how they painted like it's a swath through like one part of the world mm-hmm. that this is happening to, you yeah. know, and like and that it didn't happen yesterday. 
you know, like it's been going on for a long time and there's like signage and stuff. Like, I love that. There's... Yeah. There's already like, it's gone on so long that they've produced signs that say infected zone that, as if they were street signs. That's yeah, and, how used to it. Everyone is. And a massive wall and stuff, you know, like giant wall, like to construct that thing would have taken years. Like this is, we're like decades into this thing. I wonder if it's that, that long. It must maybe be like 10 years at least. Maybe, maybe that's, that's like got to be around it because yeah, like uh, a meteor falls from, uh, or there's a sample collected mm-hmm. and then it like breaks up in the atmosphere over like the U S Mexico border area Yeah, and life forms pop up and it becomes the infected zone and, and they walled it off. So America uses it's like considerably larger budget to produce a considerably better plan. An, an impressive wall, a huge, uh, us Mexico wall, mm-hmm. which is from 2010 was where that image came from. Yeah. Um, well, I mean like border security, especially along the U S Southern border has been a political issue for, um, sure. many years or whatever. Like, well, well, it's especially on our consciousness lately because wall Trump is specifically. physically yeah. want to build it. But I mean, it's, it's been something that's been talked about right. for right. years and years. Yeah, but uh, and that's how like the U.S. Hand, handles it, and then down in Mexico, they've just got these old they live signs. With it, yeah. yeah, they just come to terms. Like a taxi driver, mm-hmm. um, she asks, like, "Why don't you leave?" He's like, eh, "We just take families our here, works here. This happens like once a year. Like, you know, just get used to it." And, and the ones who are deep in the infected zone are like, "Look, if you don't bother them, they won't bother you." God, and that li- that lesson they seem to take to heart, especially at the end. I mean, to some extent, it's an- they can't do anything regardless. But yeah. they can just sit back and watch and just take it in. Yeah. Um, well, like the um, what's actually going on in terms of like this problem getting better or worse is like these things are, um, I guess the trees are infected. Mm-hmm. A little air quote there. Um, they've got those weird funguses. Those are like the growing little larva or eggs or whatever that will eventually get into the river. I loved, I love that part of it. Yeah. Because if an alien species does, species does kind of come into contact with uh, Earth, it's gonna they're gonna evolve together it's not gonna be yeah. like this either or they're gonna like the the best species will kind of survive but they'll intermingle and they'll evolve into some new co-species and that's what's happening already 10 15 years yeah exactly like in a symbiotic way like this this species of aliens from the sky uh, needed the trees and needed like the water and needed like the system that we have here to in order continue to, to exist yeah. yeah in order to thrive and actually become the problem that they are today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or i mean in 2010 <laughs> it's so fun to like just have because it just it lets your imagination fill in the gaps of like okay what's yeah what are the big battles that are being fought you know it's, it's almost like with this low of a budget it's just they had to do like this is almost a master class in low budget filmmaking for big concepts kind of yeah it, it's they kinda, must like it, it shares that in common with like troll hunter like it, right. they're using the environment around them to make it look really really yeah. good probably like it looks i think a little same year 2010 or it was troll hunter i think they were at the same year yeah but even this one even more so like i feel like they must have gone to some area that was recently hit by a hurricane or something to get the disaster zone I wonder, right i wonder how they it's, did this. it's expansive like there's tons of buildings there's no way they built these sets with that no. tiny of a budget no way so i think there's a lot of utilizing site specific areas that will fit the narrative and just filming a lot of stuff there and they do that so well yeah. master class and like low budge making a movie you're right this is like yeah. I think every, every place that they were like shooting like they used what they had around them mm-hmm. pretty expertly i think and then through a lot of that budget at post just to get you know a good 10 15 minutes of solid monster effects mm. that are great They're that so look great yeah, yeah but minimal because you yeah. don't have the money to do it 
and, and make it make it work when you do have to use it yeah like we had a discussion i don't know if it was on or off mic about like cloverfield i think it was on and um i, I was like kind of i called them a little too restrained in like how little they showed and we mm-hmm. talked about jurassic park like showing like 17 minutes of dinosaurs like the, this movie really falls into that like what you show how much you show like minimal is sort of like more effective less is more yeah yeah and they weren't going for you know a movie where they it's monsters and monsters and monsters and fighting and shooting and murder mm-hmm. and death it was like this i don't know the human nature inside of this situation just a tiny little story in yeah. this whole big world i mean this could almost be in the cloverfield universe like know, the monsters yeah. look cloverfieldy mm-hmm. right like they got a little cool glowy thing going on that some of the cloverfield monsters don't have but other than that the like biology of these species the, seems to be very consistent with some of, of the cloverfield monsters we've grown to know squiddy yeah like, yeah the cloverfield monster's got those like inflatable like gas looking sacks on its head absolutely it reminded me a lot of um big spielberg um movies like there the scenes in the cars where the monsters were outside and some of the cars were getting flipped yeah. reminded me of jurassic park a lot yeah yeah you're trapped right. in those totally. cars and you see little fragments and you see trucks disappearing totally the scene where they're in the boat and you see the thing kind of in the water in a far distance reminded me of jaws this mm-hmm. like kind of sea creature kind of coming up and being a threat to them while they're on this tiny little boat. Yeah, that was um, more accurately the Jaws ride <laughs> in Florida. You know, <laughs> have you been on that thing? No, no, no. It's exactly like that. You're on kind of like a swamp thing and this Jaws monster comes up. It, the boat even kind of cool. looks similar. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like that scene um, too. the one where they were in the boat because you see that something moving in the distance and nobody can quite tell what it is. They can't get light on it. And then you realize it's like the wing of a jet. Yeah. And there's like one of the monsters, probably like the in development stage. That's an adolescent perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like not towering, you know, came off the trees. It's in this lake, but it hasn't gone to the ocean yet. But it's big enough to manipulate a jet, but it's not like towering hundreds of meters, yes. you know, above the earth. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, and then you see later when they're in the gas station, how it's like they're feeding from like on the electricity a little bit. Mm-hmm. So clearly it's like manipulating the jet, trying to get, you know, some electricity out of it somehow. Like that's why it's messing with it. That's interesting. It's, it's turning it over. It's like looking at it. It's trying to figure it out. Even in the gas station, it seemed to be specifically the TV. So was the, it that the TV was emitting the static the signal? off the screen of the TV, the static it was observing. And then once you cut that static, yeah, yeah then the monster had no use for it. So for some reason, the TV was unique for that and not any of the other lights or electricity in the gas station. Yeah, well, the TV, um, of everything in there, the TV would be the only thing that's emitting, you know, electricity that you could feel on contact without, like, sticking your into an outlet or something. Even, like, all those light bulbs and... Well, they don't emit, like, electricity outside. Like, they're emitting heat energy. But, like, the static electricity on the screen... Hmm. of the tv is something that on contact it could feel and potentially if it stuck its little tentacle into an outlet or something but they're potentially right. it could, yeah you know, i was i was wondering about that like why specifically the tv was like i i don't think this giant beast is like reaching in that was the thing it was kind of sensing yeah, yeah imagine like sticking your head against the wall and reaching your hand into a hole like you don't know what you're feeling around for yeah. you're not just gonna grab the thing you want you're gonna mm-hmm. feel around for it and mm-hmm. if you get a, a taste of something warm you're gonna put your hand against it kind right. of thing that's that that was my take on it yeah yeah, yeah. otherwise if it was no, a perfect fair. if it was a perfect sensory organ it would have just found her immediately right so uh yeah i i love just this whole kind of get out of mexico thing too yeah 
right? Where they just totally blow their the most easy way out. Yeah. Right? In the most absurd way. And then how do we... We have to get together some kind of at least scrappy crew that's going to get us through the jungle and we're going to get there yeah, by and, land. And um, in terms of like writing, that's so great because it, it does the, it has the dual purpose, um, specifically when he loses the passports and they fuck up the whole plan. Mm-hmm. It has the dual purpose of showing like they had that great night before, you know, and like it, they're bonding as characters. Um, and then she goes to like meet him for coffee in the morning because they had that great night and she sees the other girl in his bed and she like isn't interested anymore. Yeah, because she's um, obviously conflicted about her feelings towards him. She's like yeah. somewhat attracted and interested in developing this relationship, but also no, I'm I'm engaged to someone back in yeah. America. And he um he expertly his, his name is Andrew and her name is Sam. Um he drops that line about his friend who is in that relationship. His wife was like gonna so leave him. So funny. That's like his drunken yeah. like um, one of those way co- of flirting and yeah yeah sometimes marriages you know they don't work out the way you want yeah. to one of those couples that are doomed from the start and you can yeah. just tell <laughs> hilarious and she's just sitting there like oh yeah. shit but it really like showed me the importance of watching this movie of if you do have this kind of big concept you need to still have a real interhuman relational plot that's happening yeah you know you can't just rely specifically on escaping the monsters, getting out safely. There needs to be some substantial stakes in terms of the relationship between main characters. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it, is like having stakes that are greater than just we want the two of them to escape and be alive. Yeah, I wasn't wasn't going into this movie expecting the relational aspect at all. I was just expecting people running from monsters. I was wondering if um, what I was seeing along the way would be you getting bored or like that totally working for you. Mm-hmm. And what I loved, um, just a little sliver off of that conversation is in terms of like the human nature side of it, is um, when the he's a photographer and you like immediately like had this like nasty sort of, re- like, I hate that. Like the um, people taking pictures of like tragedy and bad situations for the sake of you know yeah notoriety or fame or money or whatever and she called him out on that too she called him out and there was like that scene with the dead little girl Mm -hmm. and i could see you just like getting your hackle like you piece yeah and it was was great it was great it showed that he was struggling himself with or do i because he pulls out the camera at one point he's grabbing lenses he's like do i photograph this or is it more important just to like cover the body and move on? And but, he ultimately decides to not photograph. Yeah, how I how I take that um, is he takes out the lens and he takes out the camera and right away you made this so perfect for me. You're like he's doing it, and then he puts those both in his one hand and moves them aside and then takes out the coat. And you realize he's just moving those the camera stuff so he can get the coat out. Could be that's one way to interpret the scene. I, I'm pretty sure yeah, he was like he, that was the fake out is like because she they yeah. like call him out, you know, and that was like the fake out and because he, he didn't know she was there watching him. And all he did was pull the thing over and was like looking at, it. and then she's like seeing it. I don't. Know. Mm-hmm. I think it was. It's good. I think. I think. I think. I think as a movie, it's a good way to show you like this character better not do yeah. that, and that's what makes it effective. Yeah, you and know? and I could see it going either way. Like, oh, he's still a scumbag, and like he's gonna do it anyway because that's why he's here. And then he didn't. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. But yeah, the movie. This I'll probably end up saying it a few times. This movie is really about the people, these two people, and their relationship, and how. Yeah, just the whole, the whole monster invasion is a backdrop for this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This little personal story between the two characters, and like a, one of the better backdrops you can have, because out of nowhere there could just be this crazy loud fog horn sound, and suddenly there's a giant monster. Yeah, there could be. At the same time, I knowing that it is a small budget thing, I knew that there wasn't going to be any insane scenes. I was impressed that there was such huge monsters in it given mm-hmm. this budget like that whole last scene with the two giant monsters interacting with each other yeah that's very impressive and it looks very good yeah well he um 
the way that he shot most of the times you see the monsters is there's always like the frame of like the car window is in the way the gas station overhang is in the way so you can't like right at the end you at see first at first yeah it's teasing it piece yeah. by piece until you get to actually see the full big thing yeah and it, yeah yeah until actually that very last scene it's mm-hmm. always like you see some of it and it's very blocked off by something but they're letting mm-hmm. you see what you're looking at yeah like, to me the most scary parts of the movie are just them going along and being handed by strangers to other strangers yeah, that's it. and not knowing where they're going, what's going to end up, how safe they truly are. And I totally related to that with just some shit that me and Chrissy would get ourselves into. And like when we first got married, we did a lot of um, traveling around Europe and we did all these volunteering on different small farms that you could get free places to stay in exchange for yeah. doing like a little bit of labor. But some of these situations would be such that we would have to take a bus like way out of Rome like an hour and a half into the rural suburbs, get dropped off, walk down like a dark yeah, street. And we did a night. So like I had those situations where it's just the two of us walking down in the middle of nowhere, Italy. And we're supposed to meet a dude with a van here oh my at God. this time. And then this dude shows up and then he takes us in his van down like a dark, long farm road to like a barn, essentially. And in, in retrospect, it's like, that's insane. Why would I ever do something like Man, that? So many opportunities. To get murdered. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, there was still a trail and we told our families where we would be and everything. But in the moment, you're like, I'm in a van with a stranger and we're going down yeah. a deep, dark road. We're so far away from civilization. What's going to happen? Yeah. So I, I like empathized and felt that same uncertainty yeah, of, like, I don't know what the, what's going to happen to these characters, but it could go either way. Yeah. Like you're totally right. You're just like totally in someone else's hands. Like when he they're getting on the boat and uh, the guy's like saying, he's like, I'm not taking them over the border. He's like, yeah, that's fine. And then he's like, go, go, go fast, fast, fast. Get on. He's like, you're not coming with us. He's like, nah. And then uh, Andrew is just standing there on the boat, just watching him leave. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He's just got that like slumped. He's got such a great posture. It's because it's, it's almost as if he's like, oh, I'm on top of this. So this is the guy that the other guy vouched for. So yeah. there's still like a trail of accountability. I know we're in good hands. But then once that last link is severed and suddenly it's yeah. a total stranger and all these strangers have guns and they look super intense. Yeah. But there's also a really nice at the end of that day, they seem to bond with those people. You know, like at first they were yeah. intimidated because these are strangers with yeah, guns. Yeah. But then when they're around the campfire, they're telling stories and they're hearing they're he's essentially interviewing them and asking further questions about the monsters. Yeah. And that's when it really felt like there was this kind of safe space established with these people. Of course, just in time to have half of most of them or all of them, except for the two of them, really completely destroyed by they get destroyed pretty a bad. monster. Yeah. yeah, that scene was cool because like that was kind of the first time that... Um any of the characters in the movie openly without sort of fear or this ominous, like this is the state of the world just talked about the creatures and like their thoughts about why this happens and like, come look, I'll show you. And like, they fall into the water. Like they really explained it. Cause these guys were the guys with guns out in mm-hmm. the forest who like are taking families like back and forth or there was, there was a couple scenes like that. There was that. And then the other one where they were in the house bonding with the, the family mm-hmm. and they're the women. And um, I forget what specific question he asks, ask one of them. But it still establishes that same point of, oh, this we have this look. We're the ones who have to deal with the shit day in and day out. Yeah. We have this local knowledge and we survive and we learn how to deal with it. You know, this interesting underlying outsider, especially outside of the quote unquote safety. And I think when the lead character says like this perfect suburban life lives in the U.S., just outside of that zone, yeah. looking in. That's I, an interesting commentary that they're trying to hint at there. They, may, I think there's a specific comment that was in one of the various, like you saw like the, a TV on and there was a news reporter talking. That happened like 10 times throughout the movie. It would just be 
TVs. Yeah, TVs, just doing news, just that same attack. Invasion updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And there was one, I think, I may have just, like, heard this in my periphery, but I think they were saying, like, the majority of the victims were, like, um, poor. They're, like, very poor. And, like, I think that's part of the commentary here is, like, you see the impressive force of the U.S. wall, Mm -hmm. and you see the impoverished people who are in the zone or, like, near the zone or south of the zone but still like yearly a monster will just walk into town and like destroy their homes and you know kill a bunch of people yeah like they, they put up with they it. just they deal, deal with, with it. it yeah yeah it and reminded like, me a lot of district nine and yeah ways. dude it really really did like mm-hmm. district nine has like a lot of that like alien signage and yeah that impoverished sort of you know area where it seems like it's only affecting this one part of the world yeah even though it's massive scope like alien life on earth absolutely yeah, dude, uh, District 9 is definitely a good comparison. And I really think that one of the big themes is like, um, I don't know, a, a rich versus a poor dealing yeah, with this yeah. type of... It doesn't strike me as well as articulated no, no. Um, as District 9. I think that definitely one's not. fantastic. That's about refugees, and, this, and that's, that yeah. makes a very definitive point. Exactly. This one seems to... like I almost would have liked a little more if they did try to lean into that and try to make some kind of a larger like it was it was totally fine as is and i did appreciate it but as someone who really appreciates um kind of using symbolism of horrific images of horror movies like i always am looking for some kind of underlying allegory or some kind of social commentary that's trying to be told through that and i don't think that was the point of this filmmaker but i I did think that he left a few kind of like peppered in a few like maybe oh and by the way this is you know, a commentary that we can think of as how people living in the more violent area. I mean, especially I think 2010, this is when crime in Mexico, especially around the border is at like an all time high. And the U S is just constantly warning against going towards border towns. So 2010, um, in terms of like world issues, what about, um, natural disasters? And well, I mean, natural disasters. Yeah. I mean, hurricanes and stuff. Like, I think that to... was hurricane. That's like, I mean, hurricanes have been haven't been letting up for the last yeah no it's bunch of decades since we've yeah ruined our planet but um yeah it kind of also it feels like um yeah impoverished dealing with um like natural disaster and like relief and like how it's very different in like mm-hmm. Mexico and and there's, you know, the there's definitely I, so much opportunity there's something yeah, there there's so much opportunity in this world to give a commentary about relief work too yeah I mean if I were to do a sequel to this. Um, I would want to, there's so many different things I could explore and want to do, uh, allegorically. And we, we're at a time right now where horror sequels are just kind of reopening up as a space. I mean, we saw it with Mike Flanagan doing that Ouija two sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, the new um, director for Annabelle is another bit or the new Annabelle movie is another big director. I think studios are starting to see, Oh, you know what? Instead of seeing horror movie sequels as something that we just write off to, a B-level director that can just run with the franchise yeah. and cash in. They're seeing it as what if we give it to a true creative auteur to come in and actually do something interesting and new with it, which I think is very exciting for the That's, genre that we love so much. Yeah. It's rather than just cashing in. Yeah. I'm, it, I'm broadening the conversation now about the genre from I, monsters, but well, I mean, it's interesting. There is a sequel to monsters. Yes. It's out there and it's made by someone else. And it's, I think it suffers from what you're, from that same, like, yeah. let's just toss it away. People will, will still pay for it on iTunes or whatever, and we'll get our cash back. But they don't see it as an opportunity to do something really good. Or they don't, like, I think now we're, studios are realizing, especially studios like Blumhouse, that, okay, oh, yeah. if we give it in the hands of someone who's creatively intelligent, 
with this source material, then they can do something really interesting and take it in an interesting direction. Yeah. Conjuring 2 is another great example. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love that sequel. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And Who uh, directed that one? I don't know. I'm I don't really think it's sure. James Wan. I don't think so. He did the first one, I think. But Yeah, and there's, that's another thing, too, is with horror, like big, um, especially initial movie horror successes, those directors tend to get you know, another project to do after. Yeah, you want to move on. Succeed. You want to move on. I feel like he did the second Insidious, but maybe not. Um, but yeah, you want to, you, you're ready. You've spent like a year, year and a half of your life on this one and you you have other ideas that you want to explore. Other ideas or um, some studio wants you for their, yeah. you know, next totally. big thing. Like uh, but, uh, Monsters I, and then mm-hmm. what was, what was the in-between of Monsters and Rogue One? Godzilla. Godzilla. You know, like that's, yeah. that happens to... But I love the idea that franchises now potentially, like hopefully we see as as more of these kind of come out that with a franchise you can say, oh, you know what? It's not, we do the first great one and then we have shitty sequels come out. We could actually entrust sequels with someone really intelligent and smart about it and they could do something really interesting with it. Yeah. I love that. That makes me excited for horror franchises that, yeah. oh, maybe the second or third can even be better potentially than the first one. This is something, yeah. you know, new and exciting. Yeah. Um, specifically talking about Ouija, um, did neither of us saw um, Ouija Experiment, right? Um, no, but that's not related. I oh, think, I think that's one of those campy B-level studios. Oh, okay. That's it's not, completely... I'm just totally unrelated. Okay, yeah, okay, like good. the first two are Blumhouse <laughs> oh, Productions God. under that same arc, but Ouija Experiment is just... There's, there are these like leech studios, right, that are... They do even more micro-micro-budget. Yeah. They have like um, heavy um, post-production effects teams to do a lot of stuff. They get really shitty acting, really shitty writing, yeah, yeah. and they just pound out all these ones like Transmorphers. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're They totally take a big right. studio one and they do it. And a, a Ouija yeah. Experiment was another opportunity for that where I think a lot of them rely on um, people just not knowing better and just see, yeah, scrolling and through on iTunes and like, oh, I think this is I right. just about did it. I was like in the process of <laughs> yeah, being and that person. Specifically on that one, I had, to, I had to correct someone on Instagram who was like... Um, they were for some, they were confusing Ouija Experiment as the first Ouija movie, oh, and really? I was I was trying to say, oh well, the first Ouija is also bad, but it's not yeah. that bad. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's a different bad. It's a different bad, yeah. and it sets up a good dish. Yeah. yeah. Shall we uh, um, head on over to some Instagram comments? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so this is at the top of the page. I'll say it. Child's Play eighty nine says on Ouija, which is right on topic. Oh, perfect. We're talking about it, and that's how you fix a movie with hiring Mike Flanagan. Um, we, we totally agree. Amen. I think, I think if you want to hear our opinion and just us echoing child, child's play 89, just listen to our Ouija episode. We spend the whole time just talking about that. Flynn Flan. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for that Ouija sequel. Thank you for fixing it. <laughs> Cause it was <laughs> horrible. Um, and then, uh, we got a tr- uh, comment on troll hunter from, uh, Lima's movies. Um, cool movie. I really love to watch it and the trolls look pretty realistic. Hell yeah. I'm going to read every single Troll Hunter comment we ever get because I love it so much. Yeah, you are. Thanks so much for commenting uh, Child's Play 89 and Lemus movies. I'm so glad you made us watch that one or you you suggested we watch that one because, um, yeah, it's getting so many listed counts. People fucking love People love that Troll movie. Hunter. I had no idea that it was su- that it had such a big following. I hadn't really even heard of it before you brought it up. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's fantastic. But you get it, right? Like, it's just, it's captivating. Oh, it's so it cool. So well acted. Just yeah. what sticks in my head is just that scene of the guy going to the bridge being like i hate this so much <laughs> put it on this. the giant helmet oh <laughs> they just wake him up he's like oh here we go again yeah i love that so much yeah and can't you see kind of how like my love of that like in that world and like what i dream of for a troll hunter sequel like fits into like what i love about monsters 
Like just oh, that world. Absolutely. There's so many parallels, I think, between Troll Hunter and this one. Yeah. Right? A big, expansive world where you just get little insights into based yeah. on these things. Yeah. yeah. Same year. Yeah. Same kind of feel. It's awesome. Absolutely. So good. Thanks for leaving those comments, Scaredy Cats. If you uh, let us know what you think about past episodes, and we'll give you a little shout out on our on our future episodes. Huh? Yep. And uh, make sure to point out our mistakes and let us know what you think we should watch in future episodes. Mm-hmm. That'd be so great. Instagram is uh, where it's at. Great. Any final thoughts or things you want to say on Monsters? You write anything down on that little whiteboard of yours? I kind of did, but I forgot to look at it. Um, Let's take a peek, see if there's any other statements we want to make. Oh, um, I really liked both their performances, and that's, yeah, I think, because were... of the chemistry between the two of them. And like we said when we were watching it, they are a married couple in real life. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the like he got cast first, Scoot McNary. It's just a terrible name. Scoot, that's the best <laughs> name I've ever heard, but fair enough. <laughs> it just seems Scoot like McNary. Scoot McNary seems like the fictional name of someone who would be like the lead of a movie like Sharknado. Like if you're writing a movie like Sharknary, Scoot McNary has to save the world. (laughs) Apparently, Scoot. Yeah. Apparently, he sent like a photo of his wife to the director, like a headshot and all her credits. And the director was Gareth Edwards. Was like, I don't know. I think she's too pretty for this. I don't know if that'll work. But then met her in person. Was like, oh yeah, no, this is you guys work great together. Yeah, it'd be perfect. They had an excellent dynamic. Such a cool area. I wonder where specifically they shot a lot of this. But it was such a cool little seaside town, that little harbor town in in, uh, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, even all those giant, like, downed planes. Like, I'm just, I'm so curious. I want to hear the director talk about how he made it work with, like, under half a million dollars. Yeah, I, that, I have no idea. A mix I didn't of know. Great was, graphics team. Yeah, I had no idea how cheap the movie was until we started yeah. recording this. So, it I seemed, have no, no man, answer to that. It seems like that's, if you want to really break in, you have to just do a low budget movie extremely well, prove yourself. And then the next thing you know, Universal Studios has given you fifty million dollars to make a Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah, geez. but it's like, um, how much money did we say that Phantasm had? Um, oh, it was three hundred thousand, three hundred. So about the same, about the same amount of money in what year is that? Seventy nine, uh, seventy nine, eighty two, seventy nine sounds right. Seventy nine sounds right. So the same amount of money all those years later, and they produced monsters. Like, yeah, I don't know. And I monsters no was concept. like, like it felt like there was so many different scenes and areas but it had to be a lot of like this like they just had to really use areas yeah. well because that movie was filmed in three weeks so oh, yeah. i think a lot of the desert or the lot of the jungly scenes were just kind of the same area and they just redressed yeah. and re-angled re-angled and probably yeah, made yeah. it work probably throughout the day just yeah. with the sun in different places they were right. able to like shoot you know drastically different sequences in the movie absolutely and you mentioned earlier like they he really loved sunset like that he, like yeah. twilight that twilight. Twi- yeah, yeah yeah but like when hour. the sun's just like at the horizon there's a lot of shots like that that like pink kind of light i don't know if you felt this way but when the when he's running out in his boxers that's supposed to be like a late morning but it almost felt like that was evening like it felt like the sun was setting in that light could have could have been i, I don't totally remember yeah that's just that for film. some reason it struck me that way if you had an eye on the lighting that probably would have been one of the places they saved some money mm-hmm. doing a morning scene at night we did notice we did notice a few um just because we both love sound design hmm. we just we noticed a few like sound inconsistencies just in like yeah. room atmosphere like the most minor thing you know yeah a little yeah to like silence or the opposite as yeah going from one dialogue shot to the other yeah, yeah or yeah. switch the angle of who's talking it, yeah. would, it would be a little <sighs> off yeah. which is something you'll notice in like really low budget uh <laughs> independent films or whatever though this the room sound or whatever will be different but that's a small bone to pick for an entire movie that was done very cheaply. Yeah, and that's just us desperately looking to find how they possibly desperately. could have <laughs> desperately looking to find how this movie could have been made for the amount that of money cheap. they made it for that's cheap those monsters look as good as any giant studio monsters for yeah. sure and another thing that's cool about the way that this uh this guy shot the movie is like 
almost every like new scene or sequence begins with several like um, rotating shots of just like features in the environment, like a mask hanging, a sign, a bird landing on a fence, like you know, oh that skull, uh, whatever it was. That bird landing on the on the sign sequence was it blew my mind, and it must have been so satisfying when he was editing it Mm. because. And yeah, like when they show up on that coast and there's the rocks like right by the river, there's yeah. all these fish skulls. And that's an example I think of just you, you're open to what the environment's going to be like when you arrive. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'll get these cool shots of these dead fish. And it looks so yeah. well to introduce it because it implies that like, you know, the, these the specific biology of the aliens have like destroyed maybe some of the eco zones or aspects of the eco zone. Yeah. But then there's that shot he gets of this vulture on a sign. And then, so like, great. Oh, this vulture is sitting on the sign. I'll just shoot it for a second. Then the vulture takes off, but then he cuts to a scene of them walking and a bunch of vultures flying away. So it implies that it's like this seamless, the same vulture. It's not, but it makes it look so so good. Perfect. Yeah. That you're right, dude. You're probably exactly right that he was like, I am so lucky. I am so lucky. I just got that. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's just capturing, like being open to what's happening around you and capturing that and then making it work after the fact. And it, it fits too. Like, very loosely thematically like um andrew's a photographer and he's shooting stuff like that he's like just like capturing like flag and like some broken stuff in his environment and that's how a lot of the scenes begin with the cinematography of the actual movie that is such a great point the the lead actor is or the lead character is a photographer and the movie itself is photographing moments signs and things that's fucking great man it's great point thank you like that yeah that feels really good that's a great insight um yeah, I could talk about this for days. Uh, and one last thing I'll say is just like top to bottom, gorgeously shot, gorgeous like backgrounds of uh, pyramid, amazing mountains in the distance. Oh, that, amazing. that pyramid is so cool. Uh, just yeah, and we were talking what about cool how like detail. Probably there's probably like one like or two castles in Scotland. Everyone goes to film their castle stuff. There's probably like one, one pyramid. Aztec or Mayan ruin yeah. that everyone shoots at because it looked. So much like the pyramid from the ruins, mm. 2008 to the ruins, which is a movie I really liked when it came out. I, I don't, it's you wanna, 10 years ago. You want to watch it again? I am. I'm kind of itching to rewatch that one. I really liked it. And it's a great, like, a little bit of claustrophobia, a little bit of biological horror, a little bit of like survivalist, just four characters. You've seen it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, in a while. I, I've got very low recollection. It got like, it got mediocre reviews, I believe, when it came out. Um, it's based on a novel that did really well. It was like a really best, a really high selling novel, which okay. is interesting to think about, like just reading all that shit that happens. But there's a yeah. few scenes that really stand out in my mind from that movie that I loved, specifically the girl trying to cut it out of herself. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Because they wake up and they're like, what's happening? And he looks over at her friend and she's just cut herself right. open all over her body. Yeah. She's like, I all think right. I got it out. I think I got it all out. Right. Yeah, we need to go back and watch okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah, you cool, just cool, reminded cool. me of that. Holy nice. shit. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, this is the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I've been Chris Vandenberg. And I've been David Stoneborough. And as always, chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Don't forget your passport, chaos reigns. See you scared cats later. Bye-bye.